Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. The Detroit Red Wings are 0-1-0 in the post-Jonathan Erickson era. Was it a mistake? More at 11. Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm Ryan Hanna. I'm Brad Crisco. And I'm Evan. That was clean. I got nothing. That was clean. I actually have nothing. I'm so uninspired. You went way earlier on the intros than normal, and Evan wasn't prepared. I decided that I was going to do that last week. I was like, one day I need to throw that in way earlier so you guys have no time for your usual bull. It's true. I'm tired. Yeah, man, we get it. We're all adults. Anyone are we? Are we, Ryan? Anyone who's listening to this and isn't tired, DM me because I want to know who specifically is lying. (laughs) Oh, man. Lots has happened. Usually midweek episodes where we decide to go on Wednesdays rather than Thursdays. And uh, apologies if this is throwing anyone off. Sometimes we're going to have to go on Wednesdays. The next month of our lives is going to be a little bit nuts. Uh, A little bit. The next time you hear from Brad, he'll be uh, a father again. He'll have his second child, by all rights, assuming everything. 98% chance. Um, I'll have moved into a home. Brad has the ability to try it all over again. Yeah. He gets to just restart. Give, he, uh, they're exchanging Mika for a new one. Yep. That's it, what you do, right? They're essentially trading their 24-year-old... She's going through waivers. ...defenseman who's really projected, who's projected a top 4D, but is more playing a 5-6 role, but still has that ceiling and trading it to another team for a second-round pick. That's what you're doing right now, right? Sure. Are you keeping both of them? Yeah, probably. We worked. It, we we put a lot of time and development into the first one, and it'd be a waste to give up now. She's the smartest person in this house. If I were you, I would get rid of her before she becomes more of a problem. Before she becomes self-aware. Yeah. <laughs> the moment she figures things out, you and Crystal are screwed. Uh, and I think she, Crystal's smart. She's already figured it out. We're already. We're in the process of screwed. I asked Mika today. Uh, Brad showed me a video of her skating, and I was like, Mika, are you going to be a professional hockey player? She's like. No. I was like, yeah, you're too smart for that. She's already ran the numbers. Yeah, she's like, not enough money in that. How are we going to play a professional sport? Maybe golf. Women's golf pays pretty well. Yeah, you can dabble in a little bit of Instagram, too. Yeah, and you know what? Evan, don't you put that on me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, lucky for you, if she looks half as much uh, like you as she does her mother, then it shouldn't be an issue. (laughs) (laughs) Except for the fact we know what she looks like, Ryan. She's three. She doesn't look anything like me. Uh-oh. Yeah, you're screwed. <laughs> I'm in a world of trouble. Uh, yeah, lots has happened. The Jonathan Erickson era casually ended. Speaking of good-looking people. Yeah. Grant, well, well, I'll let you say the line about Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids just got a little more handsome. Uh, the Red Wings were absolutely the Red Wings last night in Vancouver. and In uh, Detroit against Vancouver. We are recording this podcast before... The first game of the 2019-2020 lottery season. Uh, so Detroit at Ottawa. Is this a, lo- a lottery bowl game? Lottery, oh, lottery bowl. bowl game, 100%. This is the first official one of the year, I'd Or say. do we have to call it what we need to call it then? The toilet bowl. This is the toilet bowl. 100%. Yeah. No, uh, there, there's somehow a substantial... In the two and a half days since we last were here, um, in our soon-to-no-longer-be studio... A ton has happened, but before we get to that, I want to tell everyone that this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast is brought to you by Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. We want you to celebrate 
the first two periods of Red Wings games with Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light all season all season long. You can find specially designed cases of Labatt Blue uh, at your local retailer to hashtag Celion with Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light, the official Canadian beers of the Detroit Red Wings, and of 40 solid minutes of hockey. Hashtag Celion, and then third before the third period, just turn the game off. Yeah, if have, there, have you people not learned? Get all your Celion on. In the first two periods, because if the Red Wings are entering the third with a lead... You need a buzz to get through it. That's when you upgrade from the Bat Blue Light to the Bat Blue. Yeah. For the third period. Yeah. And you one in each hand. Up that percentage. One in your mouth and one in your lip hole, which you have still. How's no, that healing? It's closed. It hurts. <laughs> Did you see what Prashant tweeted? Yeah. So like... <laughs> Something about my lip injury, and he was listening to me at one and a half times speed. Listening to Brad at one and a half times speed sounds like my personal nightmare. Yes, I agree. <laughs> there is times where Brad is just like super Brad. Like he doesn't realize it, but he's on like 110% that day. And Evan and I just look at each other and go, oh, well, this is, this is all a lot. <laughs> yes. So one and a half times speed, Brad. Well, I, I mentioned to Prashant, I was like, just wait till he has his dad energy after this weekend. He's like, does that mean I listen at two times speed? I was like, no, man. You listen at three quarters times speed. Otherwise, it'll be actually unimaginably painful to listen to. Uh, what are you talking about? I'm going to be slowing down next week, not speeding up. Yeah, that's what you said before, Mika. And you yeah. haven't slept since. Yeah. You've just been, you just generally hop. I don't know if you realize that you hop. Because if I stop moving in any capacity, I should, I'm falling asleep. The other day, I was at the gym and I was like, my life is only getting busier. And it will only continue to get busier. Yeah, it, that, that trajectory never stops. It right. never stops, yeah. That, which is something that they, the proverbial they, never tell you. Because if they tell you, then you'll give up. And they don't want that. Because you need to feed into the system. Because we all just feed into the man. I thought, if I want to keep going to the gym and making fitness a personal goal, I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to start going to the gym in the morning. Oh, oh God. Oh. That hurt It say. takes a... Very dedicated and specific individual to do that. I, I tried once. I read every trick in the book to try and do it. I was like, because I'm not a morning person. No. And it's like, oh, put your gym clothes like in front of the door so that you have to walk over them and shame yourself. It's like, <laughs> put the alarm clock on the other side of the room. I did everything. And I've still never turned an alarm clock off faster. I love that. Put your gym clothes in front of the door so you have to walk over. They could have don't know who I am because <laughs> yeah. I can't be shamed. Sorry, have you met me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm currently on three loads of laundry in the same pile that I haven't put away. I've gone through the first load of laundry that I put there because in my head, I'm like, I'm going to be in a new house in a month, which is a ridiculous thing to think. It's not a way to live as an adult. Yeah, I don't know if I can. Going at lunch is my happy medium. It may not be long enough, but I get it done. I don't have to go directly in the morning, and at 4 o'clock, I'm on my own time. You're lucky that your gym's in your building, though. Correct. I was talking, Rowan actually I was talking to, and he was like, his advice, bless his stupid Aussie soul, was you just have to do it. And I was like, oh, gee, that's helpful. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I, I know a couple of people who do it. They're psychos. Yeah. So anyways, I'm going tomorrow morning. <laughs> what time? Exactly. Uh, nine. No, it's not. Oh, that's not nine, super. Nine's an option. I'm going nine. Nine. Nine's easy. I'm talking um, like six. You've got to yeah, go six. Those freaks who are in there at six, like doing squats and uh, deadlifts and putting weights over their heads like sickos. I couldn't do. I, could, I honestly I have a hard time. I can't open my eyes. No. I can't make a fist. You know, like when you try to make a fist <laughs> when you wake up and it's like a soft baby's 
skin. Like, you can't do it. You're just like, ugh. Yeah, I'm a newborn puppy. It's like the... the th- you would have to wake up at 5.30 and just wake up and have a machine that instantly inserts pre-workout up your nose. It needs it to be a slow drip like half an hour before I wake yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Just sleep in the night. You don't have an alarm clock. That is your alarm clock. You just yeah. you just wake up like Jonah Hill and get him to the Greek. Yeah, when I'm alive! <laughs> hey, if anyone wants to become a, a main sponsor of the Winged Wheel podcast and not pay any money, give us an eight-hour release pre-workout. Yes, please. Uh, I, would, I would pay you so much money for that. All right. <laughs> Anyone, you, you can pay me enough money where I will just run to your house at six in the morning with a shot of adrenaline. What makes you think I want to see more of you? You no, you'll be sleeping. You won't even know I'm there. I'm just be like stab and run away. Actually, that doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> in Kitchener, that's dangerous. It's so win-win yeah. for both of us. You don't actually see me because you're sleeping. And it's a win for me because I get to stab you with something. Let's talk about this off air. <laughs> uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Before we get into the game that they played against the Vancouver Canucks, um, can we not? No, we're going to. Jonathan Erickson, 12-year, 13-year veteran. Uh, I think he came up full-time in 2009, I believe. I guess you could do backwards math, 600-plus games. Yeah, but with injuries. Has been waived. And assigned to Grand Rapids. Yeah, and cleared. He cleared, obviously. Shocking. Uh, and assigned to Grand Rapids. So let's break this down. First of all, the wave came out of nowhere because really we got no flow of information about his injury, which we should get used to as Red Wings fans because this Red Wings administration leaks nothing. Like, absolutely nothing. Um, the the roster situation in Grand Rapids is funny because they couldn't send him down for a conditioning stint for one reason or another. But it, this, assign, this wave and assignment to Grand Rapids by all accounts doesn't read like they want him to go condition. It's really saying that Eisman likes the eight defensemen on the team ahead of him more. And there's no space for him on the team anymore. Couple that with uh, Elliot Friedman's 31 thoughts today where he said that the Red Wings were actively trying to shop and trade Jonathan Erickson before they put him on waivers. Obviously, there were no takers, hence why he went on waivers. Yeah. So it's not like he's in their future plans. Now, if two, three more defensemen get injured, great. You can call him up. He can plug a hole, whatever. Um, which DeKaiser got injured the night that Ugh. he got waived. I think Bowie's in tonight, too. He yeah, is. He is. Um, so, you know, shocking, but they could always call up Biega or, you know, give one of the young guys a cup of tea, but they either, either way, up Biega, I believe as well. Oh, he's back up. Yeah. He was assigned yesterday. Yeah. That poor guy. He's a yo-yo. He probably didn't actually go. No, he's used to it. It's Grand Rapids, right? Like, it was a few hours. Yeah. Anyways, so, well, Harrison's already there, um, playing tonight, but, uh, yeah, it's, this is the first real move the Iserman management group has made. That feels different from the Holland regime. That was my first thought. Yeah. It, it, I got a lot of, well, too little, too late, or like, what is this even, like, doing, what's the point, like, what's the cap relief? The cap relief is like, a, what, a mill? Not like even. Yeah. Um, it's a roster move, and it's a roster move that I genuinely wholeheartedly believe would not have happened under the Ken Holland and company. I 100% agree. It would have been Chalosky or Bowie going down unequivocally, no questions asked. There are things that have happened under Eisman where I have, if you made me put money on it, or if I was speaking a little bit more candidly, I'd say, yeah, I don't think Holland would have done that. I think this is why I like Eisman more as the GM of the Red Wings right now. But 
you can't exactly hold those things against Holland because there's no way of knowing. This, I believe, firmly falls into the category of this is what we didn't see from the Holland administration. You would not have seen these kind of longtime veterans waived. You would have seen a guy with waiver exemption being moved up and down. You would have seen a guy who realistically wasn't playing his best hockey because he was still young and learning the game, uh, but needed an NHL rep sent down. This is Steve Eisman. This is the Steve Eisman that we knew was coming over from Tampa Bay. This was the Steve Eisman that left Martin St. Louis off the Canadian Olympic team roster when he was also his GM in Tampa Bay. This is the Steve Eisman that has no problem firing a coach if he feels like that coach isn't the best coach for his team at the moment. Which we'll, a, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Steve Eisman that is always going to make the best decision for the team, even when that you know, goes right in the face of, of loyalty and how good a guys these are. And that's actually something I want to talk about. None of this is trashing Jonathan Erickson. He is a person is a great guy. He's incredibly smart. And I think Red Wings fans should be cheering for him to be a part of the organization after he does hang them up. And whether that's now or later, we'll discuss, but he's an incredibly smart guy who I think would do really well in player development. If that's something that he wants to do, um, really good dude. No matter how you felt about him, and, and obviously I'm one of his biggest critics over his entire time with the Red Wings, I, I believe he was overpaid and overvalued and overplayed, but at the same time, this guy was a last overall pick, and he his body has just been beat to absolute hell and back. Like He's made a great career for himself, and you have to respect that, and, and there's no point of trashing him personally right now. You can appreciate that you like that the team is getting better and they're moving away from aging veterans, absolutely, but there's no point in trashing Erickson as a person. And you know what? I haven't seen too much of that either. I think that the fan base has been really, even those who weren't fans of Erickson have been really receptive to... Uh, it's the end of an era. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's weird and sentimental in a way where I've wanted this to happen for a long time. I don't think it happened the way we thought it would. Well, no, because right now, it, in the grand scheme of this, it means nothing, right? What yeah. is this? Functionally, on paper, what does it mean for the Red Wings right now? Minimum cap relief, and they swap out uh, a below replacement level defenseman for a maybe slightly less below replacement level defenseman. It's getting themselves prepared to be in a better spot. Yeah. It's just positioning. He's in the last year of his contract, so there's no long-term relief that comes from this. There is no need for the cap space right now. There's no like drive to say, oh yeah, Madison Bowie needs to be a Detroit Red Wing night in, night out. No, none of that's the case. Like We, we already crossed the threshold of, all right, Erickson has by all rights and accounts seen through his contract. What we do with him doesn't matter anymore. If he played all 82 games, 20 minutes a night, it genuinely would not have mattered for this team. So... Old guy has been replaced by young guy who plays just as bad or good, depending on how you want to frame that. Well, there's difference between old guy and young guy is young leaves room for improvement. Yeah, absolutely. And again, he's paid much less. Again, the, the, the theme of uh, the new NHL. I wish the NHL would stop playing old guys who are bad instead of young guys who might be bad. Yeah, the the Erickson being sent down now means, again, like we mentioned, Eisman isn't afraid to make those tough decisions. And these are the little chinks in the armor. These are the little chips away at the stone to say, this team has a long way to go to rebuild, but he's not going to be afraid to make the moves when they need to happen. He saw eight defensemen that he liked ahead of him. That was that. So I'm assuming he healed up. They shopped him around because out of respect for him, they tried to find him an NHL team where he could still play because that means he still wants to play if that, they were doing that. 
Obviously, nobody wanted that contract. Eisman wasn't about to retain salary, so he uh, waived him. No one picked him up on waivers, which, again, is to be expected, uh, and he was assigned to Grand Rapids. Now, my question earlier today was, will he report? Because there's a situation where he could have not reported, and then there would have been a termination of his contract, right? I believe it would have been. Well, that would have had to have been mutual, and he ain't living that much money on the table. No, and so he'll probably report to Grand Rapids how much he plays there. He's already, He's already there. There's there. been pictures coming up, coming out of him warming up for the game. Right, yes. Uh, and Ken Cal mentioned that Erickson, basically, basically the plan is for Erickson to get his feet under him, so like a pseudo-conditioning stint, and that they believe he'll be back up in Detroit at some point. Well, now, somebody's getting hurt. Yeah, there's going to be – before anyone panics, does that change anything? No. Like, where he stands in the organization is where he stands, but there's going to be injuries. We're not going to win and lose on the hand of Erickson every single night with him in Detroit. And if well, you're saying, well, what about Moritz Sider? Look, if, if Madison Bowie goes out and they replace him with Jonathan Erickson instead of Moritz Sider in, in November, I'm fine with that. If anybody hasn't figured out what Eisenman is doing this year, it's very much sheltering the youngest players in this organization <laughs> away from the the train wreck that is the Detroit Red Wings. There's a reason that out of all the prospects um, to get called up when the injuries happened, it was Evgeny Svechnikov. Not necessarily because he's been the best in Grand Rapids, although you could make that case. It's because of all the prospects down there, he is the oldest. Yeah. And so this isn't new. They don't want Zadina in this mess. They don't want Valeno in this mess. They don't want Cider in this mess. They want them to play on what should be a fairly strong Grand Rapids team, play prominent roles, get used to winning, build some confidence, and then hopefully bring a good chunk of them up next year if they're ready. And by all accounts, this is a good time to see what Svechnikov has, and he can fit into the roster and provide some offense. He looks Something good. we're sorely lacking. He looked good yesterday. No, he did. He looked really good against Vancouver. Not really good, but like relative to a third line winger, he looked good. So he started on the uh, with Abdelkader and Delarose, or that was at least the projected lines. You really got to earn it, don't you? <laughs> well, I tweeted out. I was like, "What? You know, it's a weird season when you see Sveshnikov starting with Delarose and Abdelkader, and you think, oh, wow, that's actually probably the perfect line for him to start on because it's the second best line of this team right now. Uh, not anymore. No, 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 not anymore. Uh, yeah, that game last night against Vancouver. Wow, Anthony Mantha can still shoot a puck. Dennis Chalosky still showing that poise on the power play. That was great way. That was a great game, right? Because nothing happened after those two goals, right? No, Quinn no. Hughes is disgusting. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The way that guy moves with the puck. The way he moves, the way he moves the puck, and the way he moves with the puck. I really hope. Sedina turns into an all-star because otherwise I'm going to be very sad. Yeah. And here's here's the solace no matter what. I will never say I was upset that we took him. No. Because I was screaming from the rooftops when we did. But seeing Quinn Hughes right now is very tough. There is not a GM in the league who would have passed on Zadina at that spot. Oh, God, no. John Chaka. <laughs> <laughs> like, at six, if you're the GM of the Red Wings, every single person, every single person in hockey was like, Oh what my is god, they on? just got It was like the Seth Jones draft. Now, now uh Vancouver was still yeah, that reminds me of that. Vancouver was still excited because they weren't expecting Quinn Hughes, but that doesn't mean that like if Zadina wasn't there, they wouldn't like everyone would have taken Zadina. And I really hate this argument right now because it's such it's impossible to have. Um but yeah, watching Quinn Hughes, man. I'm happy for Vancouver fans. That guy is absolutely electric. He skate good. He skate real good. That whole 
that whole game was just depressing. <laughs> you know, you know what's bad with me as someone who doesn't really like fantasy hockey. The highlight of that game for me was the fact that I'm the one in our pool who has Bo Horvat. That was the highlight of the game. Isn't it fun when your players score multiple goals? No, not against the Red Wings. It pissed me right off because, uh, God damn it. This is going to be a long season. The first two periods were typical 2019-2020 Red Wings hockey in that it wasn't perfect play. Uh, but between some really good goaltending from Howard and some uh, good lines or some good uh, play in specific areas, for example, when the Bertuzzi Larkin Mantha line was out or when the power play was on, the Red Wings did well. The power play was hot all night. Mantha had, upon replay, it wasn't an actual rocket, but the ping off the the, the post made it sound like it was Oh, a he rocket. towed it hard. Yeah. And then Chalosky also had a, a a good deflection off of Vancouver player off Edler, I believe it was. Don't even care that that got deflected. That's something I wanted to see more of from Chalosky this year. When when they give you the lane, step take the it. Point, take take it. Shot. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Step into it. Take it. And You're better to shoot from the hash marks than you are the blue line. So get as close as you can. So that was like those two things were great. The Red Wings were like what two for four, two for five on the power play. Mind you, both with, both goals came with three Vancouver skaters on the ice, which is perfectly fine. Um, not phenomenal defensively, but like again, it was just a typical Red Wings game, and I was like, they're putting out what I think is their best effort right now. Even Athanasiu and Mantha looked amazing together on the power play. So good. They had this back and forth like this. Like uh, it was like three or four consecutive passes, or yeah. an entire sequence where they just kept feeding Mantha, and then maybe back to Athanasiu, and you know Athanasiu would have a no look backhand pass across the slot to Mantha, and I was just like, oh man, they are clicking. This is all great. And then the third period happened, oh, and then the Red Wings Red Winged. That was the most Red Wings TM third period I've seen. It's like the final season of Game of Thrones. Oh, we'll just pretend it didn't happen. God, that was the final season of Game of Thrones. Five unanswered. It was bad. It was just so bad. Everyone from, you know, the top line down to Jimmy Howard played bad. Like, it was just not good at all. This entire last stretch of games has just been... They've, what, given up five goals in, in four of the last five games? Yes. and five, yet, five, five, two, five. And yet you could still make the argument that the defense has been the strong point of the team. Because it sure as hell hasn't been the offense. No, it's been one line, and even then, when they and even the then lines up, they lost their mojo a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, and even that one line's cooled off from their hot start. They're still good and still producing a goal to two per game, but that's the end of what they're getting. They've had what eight goals in the last six games, or seven in the last five. That's not going to do it. That's horrifying. Everything on this team is clicking. Howard has cooled down. The defense has. Eh, Honestly, all things considered, played better than I would have expected, and the offense has just disappeared. This is worst-case scenario. This is exactly what Jeff Blashill can't allow to happen this year. Even if the teams are the teams losing, that's fine. Be competitive. They are not. I tweeted out at the end of the night. I said, that kind of third period collapse is unacceptable. This Red Wings team is, of course, starved for talent. They're they're, they're going to lose no matter what a lot of games, and there's only so much that can be helped. If you give a five goals over three period, you know that's maybe a little bit more stomachable for a bad team. Yeah, but no NHL level team should be giving up five in one period. If you five unanswered, if you kept them to no goals through two periods, there's no reason why they should be scoring a, scoring a goal every four minutes. You could the be the one of the worst teams in history and probably <laughs> shut down a team, in like going into a third period. Yeah. 
I got a lot of response. Some people responded. They're like, well, Ryan, this is what the tank is. Like, we should be happy about this. Jesus, Brad. The tank is about losing. The tank isn't about being uncompetitive. Um, no, and that's that was exactly my point. I, I said the Red Wings should be able to put 60 full minutes of their best effort out there, or at least something close to that. And that's what you want to see. Not because they're going to win because of it. No, I think 60 minutes of their best effort is still going to mean that they're a lottery team. They lose that game maybe 3-2 in overtime or 3-2 in regulation instead of 5-2 in regulation. And what I care about is the team improving, the team building the kind of culture that you need. For, so when you do have the talent, you know how to you know play a full game. You know how to skate 60 full minutes out there. You know the kind of passion and uh, the work ethic and the kind of coaching that it takes to win those games. Well, that's why we have veterans, Ryan. In Grand Rapids now. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. They're the ones that are supposed to teach how to be a professional. Okay, here, legit question. Who are the veterans on this team that are going to teach anybody anything? Dylan Larkin. Thank you. Who's the youngest forward on the team? Yes. Cool. That's it. Well, you know, I could see some... Oh, sorry. Svechnikov's been recalled. He's the second youngest. professional... Some teaching from a guy like Franz Nielsen. Mind you, he's not an all-star. What can he like? What can Franz Nielsen he can really teach, teach someone about? how to play the professional game? We know? don't. We don't need that though. How do we not? Because we that's a- not the Red Wings' problem. They have a lot of guys who play the air quotations right way. That's what I, I know. What you're getting at, and Franz Nielsen is that. We have guy. young guys who have played less than a hundred games in the NHL. We don't. We need the, the 82 game season is a long grind. Even if Franz Nielsen goes over to D- Dennis Chlosky, teach, tells him something, or just oh no, fathers him along the way. I think that's huge. I un- I understand. But what his you're game is at, certainly but... not going to be the uh, the teaching point. But we need someone who's going to teach these forwards the nuances of being a top end scorer in this league. And there's not a player on this team who can teach them that. Well, I've we're going to rely on Anthony Mantha to teach that to the next wave. I've and he's just figuring it so out. Yeah. Much. I've come to hate this conversation so much of like, you know, players teaching other players. Why are we? Why are we pretending that development and coaching staff don't exist all of a sudden? <laughs> the, the the right way is exactly what Evan's talking about, which he's correct about. That is a hundred percent the coaching staff. If you can't teach these guys to play the air quotations right way or play your system, what even is your job? Not well, there's able- two different versions of becoming a professional. There's one living the professional life and and doing the professional life, and then there's one playing in systems under a coaching staff. You can learn a lot from the players on your team, plus from the coaching staff. So I don't think you should have one without the other. Here's my hot take. If you're an NHL player with any kind of like longevity in the league, you have what it takes to teach players the professional game. If you've made it, you have what it takes. And then if you're talking about guys like, oh, Datsuk teaches you a little trick on how to hold your, you know, stick check the opponent more effectively. That stuff is so few and far between and like nuanced and weird is that you kind of have to just take it as a bonus when it comes. Because if you're legitimately keeping and bringing in players for those reasons, you're missing the point entirely. I want a veteran on the team who can teach an Anthony Mantha, hey, you've got a bullet, but if you do x y and z it changes your shot angle and throws the goalie off if you put the puck in this area of the defenseman's feet it makes it harder for him to defend you i want those little nuanced tips i a guy like franz nielsen doesn't know that because and if he did he'd be a 30 goal scorer it's like buying a house because you like the color of paint in one of the rooms 
Yeah, I mean, great. If you're going to buy the house regardless and that's already a perfect color of paint, what a nice bonus. But also, if it's a crap house, don't buy that house. Go buy a different house and just paint the damn rooms whatever damn color you want. Right? Just coach the players to do what you want. If you can't get them to do what you want, then get different coaches. I think a lot of the game has more to do with how the coaches coach and how the, so. the players bond with one each with one each other with one another and uh Math they don't play right. for their their coaches for the most part they play for one another and for themselves yeah and motivationally speaking you're a hundred and who, percent right who's gonna motivate them right now i don't know well uh, we've, I, you I know think if, we've if, been... if if let's uh, jonathan erickson or Sorry, just an applicator, for example. Let's say he says, guys, we need to nut up and, and go out there and shut this team down in the third. That might not be the war speech I'm looking for from a guy like him. But if a guy like Alex Ovechkin comes in and says, guys, we need to go out there and nut up and, and win. Which one means more? I mean, totally different opposite ends of the spectrum. So what you're saying is don't be concerned about the player or like what the players are going to teach, but more how skilled the players are. I like what you're getting at. No, it's... <laughs> no, no, that's what you were saying. I think so. Uh, no, we just don't have someone like that, unfortunately. Okay, the, the failure to play 60 minutes, and I think we've been very fair with Jeff Blashill. I think that's a failure on his part. I think the team collapsing as immensely as they did in the third period is absolutely, at the end of the day, pinned on the coach. As many times as they have recently. As many it times as against they have. Calgary. The first game against Vancouver, let's not forget, was also a five spot. It's, it is on Blash Hill. I, I can't pinpoint exactly what it is, but that's why the coaches are there. Bad starts and bad finishes are almost... You always see it in some coaches. It's been, f- what, how long has Blash Hill been the coach of the Red Wings? Five or six years now. Has it been that long? Yeah. Yeah. Let's say five years. It's been five years of bad finishes. This has been a recurring joke on this podcast and on Twitter that if the Red Wings enter the third period with a lead, it's an automatic loss. Like, obviously, that's not true. But the fact it's happened so often we can make that joke is very telling. <clears throat> and yeah. I remember when we used to have bad starts with Babcock. And now it happens in Toronto. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, to look at their roster and look at our roster, and we both both teams had bad starts, even though you know different time period. But yeah, the the finish and the start is almost always on the coach. You got to get your team up for the game, and you got to get them up to finish it. And for everyone saying, "Well, Ryan, if this team loses, aren't you like happy about the tank?" Oh yeah. If you guys want my personal opinion, absolutely. I don't. I'm not upset that this team's not winning a lot because I know they're not meant to win a lot. They're not. They can't win a lot with this roster. I want to see this team do the things right that they that they can do right. And that's not going to translate into wins, but that's going to translate into just doing the right things when you're getting out there and playing NHL professional hockey. So when this team is turning the corner, they're in the right place. Look at New Jersey right now. They have a swath of players that should make them a competitive team, and they're fi- having a hard time finding their legs. They're having a hard time getting their legs under them, and they're having a hard time coming together as a team. And that's a hard thing to do. All of a sudden, you know, you're a great team – on paper, but you have to translate that into something on the ice. That's built ahead of time. That's built through the coach. That's built through the culture. That's built through the systems. And that can't just be. It doesn't. Rome wasn't built in a day. And neither well, will the New Jersey Devils be. And neither and will, I, the, will the Detroit. I Red think Wings some be. of that is there's a lot of change in that roster, and it's guys playing with each other for the first time. And you know, you you, you got you can build some chemistry through your coaching, but you you need a lot of it by playing with people. Yeah. And uh, those things that take time, I would certainly expect New Jersey to turn the corner. And they will. They've already passed the Red Wings in the standings. <laughs> Almost everyone has Brad. 
and not Ottawa and the Rangers. Yeah, that's a shocking one. The Rangers. The Red well, Wings. they with games in hand and whatnot. They probably, I think they didn't play for like a week. Yeah, they've played two less games than the Red Wings. Oh, really? And they're one point behind. You guys see Luke Lundennings outside in on the defenseman. You know, he picked up his step, pulled the puck like uh, across his body, picked up his step to step around the defender, deep back to his forehand and hit the crossbar. Luke Lundenning is a different player this year. If he had any actual na- any actual natural goal scoring ability he'd have 30 this year what a bizarre guy i love him i think he's i'm i'm so comfortable having him on this team i love luke lindenning yeah um there were improvements on the team again you like to see how uh, Hironik and chaloski played together especially on the power play chaloski stepping in i think I, w- I would pinpoint, you know, defensive lapses from either of them or the rest of the team, but it was really the entire team that fell apart. Um, bad news for Detroit was D- Danny DeKaiser got hurt early in the third. And I know that might seem ridiculous considering who Danny DeKaiser has been f- as a player over the past few seasons, but he really has built himself back up to be an integral part of at least this defensive core. And it's been noticeable every time he's been out. If you want to know Danny DeKaiser's value, look at the lineup for tonight. Philip Ronick is now going to be paired with Trevor Daly. That's a yikes. Yeah, I don't like that. That's a big yikes. Um, I think I figured out how to fix the Red Wings power play. How, Brad? Now, as we talked about previously multiple times, Mantha is very clearly the shooter on this unit, and teams are overcompensating to him, correct? Of course. So the the solution to that is you need to have a dual shooting threat, and that Chalosky isn't. Put Hironik and Athanasius spot. Shoot defenseman on the power play? Yep, but I don't care. You have Heronic teeing off on the right, you have Mantha teeing off on the left, and you just keep them on the ice for all two minutes because with the second unit would be useless. Okay, I'm okay with that under one condition. You play the first power play unit for as long as you can. Yes, I agree fully. I would not take I literally would not take them off the ice. If you can get away with that, don't. And unless, if you have to play them 90 seconds, you play them 90 seconds. Unless it's a pinball power play where they're doing laps coming back and forth, which is going to tire them out. No, if they have zone time and possession and it's just a basic cycle, yeah, no, you don't take them off the ice. No, absolutely not. You keep them on there. Yeah. I I really want the team to start adopting that philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, something funny after the game. You know how we make fun of like Facebook fans, people who are only comment on the Red Wings on Facebook, and how that's usually like the worst of the worst kind of takes bottom of the barrel yeah i feel attacked (laughs) yes you should small town ontario um it's spread it's everywhere it's not just exclusive to facebook anymore i saw a couple like i'm not gonna name them uh like red wings like red wings talk accounts and like just saying stuff like (laughs) (laughs) i actually saw a quote it was like this team has lost its way uh this kind of thing never would have happened in the like Eisman and Fedorov days, they never would have stood for this. Like this team needs to get back to that. Uh, Must those be nice days. to have Hall of Famers on your team. And I was like, yeah, guy, if you had <laughs> two of the best players of all time in the sport on your team, you would have been better. If you take Fedorov, Eisman, and Lidstrom right now, you don't now. even de-age them. No, this team is noticeably improved. What kind like like fifty six year old Steve Eisman, however old he is, is probably the best player on this team still. Yeah, that's a hot, dumb take. I, I love it though. I've seen so much of it. 
It's like uh, the Red Wings need to get back to like the grind line era. Like what they did back then is why they won. I'm like, no, what? No, stop it. We have three grind lines. They're just not good. They're all either one. <laughs> like, it's just not. How are you guys missing the fact that the Red Wings don't have arguably the greatest defenseman of the modern era? Actually, definitely the greatest defenseman of the modern He's era. The greatest Second def- best defenseman of all time yeah. in Nick Lidstrom. One of the best players of all time in Steve Eisman. One of the best players of all time in Sergei Fedorov. One of the best power forwards of all time in Brendan Shanahan. The list goes on. And one of the best two-way players of all time in Pavel Datsuk. What else do you guys want? One of the best goal scorers of all time in Brett Hall. This couldn't go on all day, and and, and people still maintain that Kirk Malpe is why Detroit won those cups. <laughs> let me let me put the Russian troll farms can't get every hot no, take right. Ryan. So let's put something into perspective because McCarty and Draper and the grind line had some pretty significant goals in their day, Absolutely. some clutch goals, and so we wax poetic about them because they were massive goals. McCarty had the cup winner in '97. Uh, uh, Draper had that huge overtime goal in the 98 Cup Finals against Washington in the comeback game. But here, here's perspective. If you think it was Draper and his line that got the Wings to the Cup Final in 98 as an example, just remember that overtime goal that Chris Draper scored in the Cup Finals was his first goal of the playoffs that year. It wasn't them dragging them to the finals. They sure as heck weren't doing anything to prevent the Red Wings from getting there, but that's not the reason that team was good. No. Uh, what else are we going to do? Let's talk about the rest of the league. What else is happening in the rest of the league? What is happening in Buffalo? The Bills are 5-1, and one and the Sabres are first in the entire NHL. No, no, shut up. That wasn't an invitation to talk, talk about the Bills. I want to talk no about the Sabres. No one wants to hear about the Bills. If you do it again, we're finding you. We're, we're going to start finding Brad. Thank God. Everyone, pick a charity, and every time Brad brings up the Bills, he's donating to that charity. So I have to pick my spots when it's worth it yes. to brag. Okay. Yeah. I'm okay with this. We should all pick something. One of us, you guys tell us, what are you annoyed with us bringing up constantly? And if we do bring it up, we have to donate to charity. When Ryan talks about how hockey is fighting in hockey and being rough and swearing is bad. Oh, I like fighting in hockey. Come on, the record is with that. I don't, I don't want to see fighting go away. I know every, it's wrong. but Every time Ryan defends offside reviews. <laughs> Okay, you know what? That one's actually... We don't have enough money for that. (laughs) Hey, man, we just bought a house. (laughs) If when Evan talks about being tired, that can be the only thing for Evan, right? I get Yeah, then I'll stop talking. (laughs) No, we don't want that. You guys know how much cocaine it takes to get Evan to start talking. Oh. We just like... Thick. We hold him down and we just rub it under his gums. Yeah. And Brad, it's definitely the Bills. Shut up about the Bills. Shut up about it's the Bills. the first time I've been happy in like 19 years, Ryan. Shut up Anyways, about the Bills. staying in Buffalo. Yeah. The first place team in the entire NHL, the Buffalo Sabres. How? Why? How? Why? Did Edmonton lose a game? Oh, they yeah, lost. Yeah, 7-2-1 they've, they've fallen all the way to fourth. Ah, uh, yeah. Man, Buffalo fans must be thrilled. Although... If this comes crashing down, that's going to hurt them so much. They had a 10-game winning streak last year, Ryan. <laughs> They're used to this. Do you remember when uh, it was like the Drury-Briere era and they started off like 11-0? and And they went to the conference finals in 06? Yeah, that was nuts to watch. And then yeah. after that year, nothing ever happened good again. No. They haven't made the playoffs in, what, eight years? Something like that. That'd be a rowdy barn if they make the playoffs. Lottery division standings. Uh, the Red Wings are currently third place in that they're 29th overall. Uh, nine games played, six points. The Rangers sit beneath them at second place slash 30th with five points, but they have two games in hand. And Ottawa, who Detroit plays tonight, has three points in eight games. So um, 
depending on who you're cheering for and for what reason, uh, tonight's game with uh, Detroit and Ottawa, which actually I think just started, um, has a lot of implications for that. How are the Rangers this far behind? They had a bad like them and Jersey. The entire that entire region just started off so terribly. Um, you wouldn't have expected like you wouldn't have no. expected New York to do much better than that, though. I don't think unless that am I unreasonable in saying that? There's a lot of people who had them, you know, as a wild card team. Really? I heard them. A bunch of people say flirt with the Rangers, you know, in and out of the playoffs. Did I say they'd be a wild card team? I hope that I didn't say that because otherwise no my idea. confusion would be. Embarrassing. I had them last in the metro. You had them last in the entire metro. You have the standings on your computer. You tell me. I'm pretty sure I had them dead last behind the Islanders. Ah, uh, standings take so long. Although the Islanders are gonna make give them a run. Same We're still early in the season. How are the Islanders doing? I don't know. So probably not great. <laughs> I've not heard a damn thing about them. The Maple Leafs. <laughs> the panic has already set in. And tr- I love it. And they're above 500 still, are they not? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I, I think they're like 5-4-1 and one or something like that. Oh, no. The, the Islanders are fourth in their division. Oh. Yeah, but that division's not been good. They're 5-3. and three. Tor- Yeah, congratulations. They're average. Toronto's in a divisional seed, but Florida has two games in hand. Obviously, all this is too early, but yeah. Oh, Toronto's 5-4-2. and two. Tampa so, is sixth in the division. So really, considering how you... <laughs> how As you, expected. Hi, everybody. It's October. Yeah. Nothing matters. Nothing makes sense. What is it? American Thanksgiving that we care about? That's the... That's kind of the... You are what you are at that point. Yeah. Uh, Some teams we can comfortably say they are what they are at this point, like the Ottawa Senators and the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, let's talk about uh, Evgeny Sveshnikov's first game. He was good. Yeah, I, I thought it was fun. He had some chances. He had a clear offensive break where he just froze up he wanted to do 10 things at once and he ended up doing nothing that's normal when you get into a situation like that where you try to overdo things he once he gets comfortable he's just coming down and taking that shot as a left-hander down the right wing on a two-on-one and then he, he scrummed with Vertanen right after yeah he wanted you could tell he wanted to make the pass there but it yeah. just wasn't there no uh, at one point his leg kind of like skidded and he crashed into the boards like with both legs splayed out like he was about to birth um sorry brad and I my heart stopped. I was like, "Please, God, no! Don't let this happen to this guy. He does not deserve it." Luckily, he was fine. He played the rest of the game, as far as I know. Yeah, he looked fine. I, I don't think anyone in the Red Wings looked particularly amazing outside of like Mantha on the power play. Um, man, Mantha's really like he. I think he's always been like you've said, Brad, sneaky fast. But he's really worked on his foot speed, and it's showing this year. He is fast. He's getting separation from defensemen. He's always been fast. Yeah. He just doesn't, or used to not look fast. He looks slow. Yeah. What have we been saying for years now? He is the most skilled player on the Red Wings. If he had Larkins compete, he would lead the Red Wings in scoring. All of a sudden, Mantha's putting together consistent game after consistent game, and guess what? He leads the Red Wings in scoring. Asterix. It's October, which, by the way, on that top line, Dylan Larkin has the least amount of points, which feels weird, but... It's October. It's October. Also, please stop breaking up that line. They very clearly mesh when they have chemistry together. And Bertuzzi can't play up and down the lineup the way you think he can. Yeah, Bertuzzi's not a line driver. He's not going to be the guy to get Athens to you going stop. No. Um, yeah, I, I think Svechnikov with a little bit more... A uh, few more games under his belt will get a better look and see what maybe... What he is, maybe. I know people were clamoring to see him play with Athanasiu, but that's asking a lot for his first game. That's a lot of skating. Skating with Athanasiu is not a light task. For a guy with a newly reconstructed knee, 
you need to, to ease him into it, as painful as it is to watch. Speaking of painful to watch, oh, Colorado fans, how you feeling? Oh, Miko Rantanen. Oh, that week looked week. bad. Week that, week that's right probably a, a positive prognosis compared to what it looked like. His ankle was backwards. Yeah. Real. I actually did that exact same thing once. Why? In hockey. Why would you do that? I don't know, but my foot got caught like got caught like that, and all my weight went down on it, and that hurts a lot. <sighs> How long yeah. were you out? A month. Well, but I don't have professional trainers and physiotherapists every day. You just, had a, you just had a six-pack in Netflix. Yeah, ex- oh, not even Netflix. I don't think it existed then. Oh, no. Uh, can we talk about how great 80s night was? <laughs> awesome. Those uh, banshees in the crowd who were just like, woo! Literally the whole game. I could hear it on my TV. I'm so like, glad I didn't sit anywhere near that. Oh, my God. Come on, Abdulkader! Woo! <laughs> Come on, Abdul Kader. I'd actually go to the ticket window and be like, I need to move or I'm going to murder three or four people. They're like, yeah, sir, that's common here. <laughs> oh, okay. This isn't the Joe. We don't do that here anymore. Um, did we ever talk about um, family day that they did at the uh, the Devils game? Mm-mm. Did you hear about that? No. Where the kids drew the players' like, oh, pictures. Oh, I, I did see that. Yeah. And Corey Schneider's was horrible horrible <laughs> he probably got lit up by his teammates for that it was yes, that's just a three-year-old drew it yeah it was amazing i wish more of that stuff happened uh just to give you guys a heads up of what's coming for the podcast over the next little while so uh, i know we've talked about this before but just so you guys are prepared uh brad will likely be a second time father this weekend so it's uh, sunday's episode will likely be just evan and i um unless something changes um, that's going to be very touch and go because we might be coming home with a baby at that point. We might still be at the hospital. Chris, Crystal might be in active labor at the home, in which case you guys are getting a text to delay. Yeah. So we're going to have to figure out. We'll, we'll let you guys know. Keep us. Uh, if you don't follow us on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod, it's the best way to keep up. That's usually where we put out our updates. Uh, this next midweek episode will likely be um, Wednesday because that will be the day before Halloween because then Brad will have a child to take trick or treating. Two. Two children. Two childs. You probably won't take the second child. It depends how cold it is. Um, and then that'll be the last episode you hear me for the next little while, because then I'm on a cruise from November 3rd to the 9th, so it's just going to be these two. Is that for your 75th birthday? Yes, it is. I've never done a cruise before. I'm so excited. Caribbean? Everyone, yeah. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah. Everyone keeps asking me what, what I'm going to do at the ports. I'm like... I don't know, same thing I do in the ship, drink and sleep and eat food. I found that the time on, like at port was not as long as it felt like it should be. So it felt like you just had to like do like the rush, like, okay, we're going here. We did this now. Take a picture. Now we go to the next thing. Yeah, I'm not But you know what? That. Just go with the flow. Do your thing. You know, yeah. don't get left behind. We have a lot of work to do on this house, and so it's like, we'd rather just relax. Yeah, just yeah. take it easy. Enjoy the nice weather. Get your tan on. Just just wait till whoever's serving your drinks is walking around as you lay in a state of semi-consciousness and just request that you don't see the bottom of your glass at any point between now and the end of the trip. Perfect. A lot of loose skin on that trip. I saw... Oh. <laughs> I saw uh, their drink packages, and I calculated what how much I would have to drink for Excellent. it to be worth it. And it was like 14 drinks a day. That's I like, it? I was like, are you kidding? That's I'll a- die. Oh, really? I was say, that's a... That's a- oh, you can put 
You can put down 10 in an afternoon. Oh, my Man, God. Man, you think their drinks are full strength? Six days in a <laughs> row? Oh, yeah. Just go on a bender or whatever. You're on vacation. 84 drinks in a week? Are you kidding me? You're literally going to a place where you just need to be a, a snob. This is all about gluttony. This is your opportunity. Oh, there's a Guy Fieri burger place on the ship. I'm definitely going to be. You're going to Flavortown. Oh, 100% I'm going to Flavortown. Um, Yeah. So, and then after that, uh, you guys will still hear us as normal, all three of us. Um, And then. In November, guess where I'm going? Where? Florida to golf. When? In November. When? The 13th to 21st. news to us i told you i was going to florida i just didn't tell you when (laughs) so evan will be missing for three episodes and he'll likely come back to a new podcast studio yeah so uh it's gonna be a lot of changes so things are gonna be a little bit rocky but it's all gonna be for the best because once mel and i are done working on the house uh that means we're gonna have our studio upstairs which means we're gonna be able to do more uh record our episodes more consistently uh we're gonna be able to uh get them posted the video editing is going to be posted more quickly. We're going to be able to do our live streams. Uh, we're very excited to be able to do all of that. So stay tuned and bear with us. Uh, if we manage to make it through this stretch without missing an episode, I feel like we deserve some kind of physical award. We'll buy ourselves a trophy. It's called a baby. We'll just, we'll just an award for us, not for Brad. Yeah, we'll yeah. just we'll just hold up, little man. Congratulations! I'd like to thank uh, the Academy and my wife and the listeners. Um, also, you guys will know Brad, the name of Brad's baby. Are you going to tweet it? Or are you going to post it on? I'll probably wait for an like episode. A, I'll probably tweet like a baby picture when he's Here's born. this little bean looking thing. Uh, we should get over to Patreon or Patreon. We should get over to Overtime, which on this episode of the Winged Wheel podcast is sponsored by Motor City Garages. They're a family owned and operated business uh, in Metro Detroit uh, and looking to expand in the future. They do garage flooring, cabinets, overhead racks. Wall storage, waving long-time defensemen who are washed up, and car lifts. Uh, enough of the messy garages. Everyone is sick of walking through. It's time to turn it into something useful. Whether you like to work on your car or if you'd like an organized space, we have you covered. 3D designs and a lifetime warranty. Motor City Garages. Park in style. We're going to head over to Patreon where our patrons get their comments read out on air as our way of saying thank you for supporting the show and for making everything happen. You guys are the reason why we can do the studio. You guys are the reason why we have uh, a sweet new custom table coming, our live streams, everything. So thank you all so much. All of our new patrons, you guys have blown us away with your support. So thank you. Don Mitchell says, what up, boys? They did it. They finally did it. They've created a piece of memorabilia that correctly defines how this team is. They sell in the team store the handle of a D-Boss game used stick with a plunger on the end. Yep. (laughs) This team is in the shitter. Woof. I'm in this weird spot as a diehard fan. I understand where this team is. I truly do, but it's getting harder and harder. I find myself hoping for zero points at the end of every game to hopefully speed this rebuild up. I know that's not a great look on my end, but I'm sick of mediocrity. As fans, what is your heart of hearts stance on any given game day? I want Anthony Mantha to score four goals and the Red Wings to lose 5-4 in regulation. I agree with Brad. Uh, Whose game you stick would you like on a plunger? Maybe an Erickson Griffin's game stick? I mean, uh, I okay. want the most comically good player. I could, like, I want Nick Lidstrom's game you stick. Because he's used to unclogging the shit. Absolutely. So then it's Larkin. Oh, no, it's Jimmy Howard. Uh, I'm sad. Let's hope for a good epi. 
to cheer me up, stay fresh, Don. Whoops. Did you see uh, Jimmy Howard when they had that delayed penalty not leave the net because they were in their own zone? He knew that those boneheads would probably shoot it off the back of his skate and into their net. Smart. <laughs> he was just like, I've had enough of your shit. That's a veteran move. Yeah, he's like, no, this isn't worth it. Just piss off and get out of the zone. <laughs> or we just turn the puck over. So what's the point in him skating? Yeah. How, how, how far away are we from after one goal being scored against him, Howard just helicoptering his stick to the neutral zone. Oh, I like I legitimately don't think we're more than 40 games away. <laughs> um, Flatus Maximus says, howdy, duty, dub, duds. After last night's on-schedule collapse, one could only assume the spirit of Jonathan Erickson was the true backbone to the Detroit Red Wings. We all know this rebuild season has nothing to d- uh, was nothing to have our hopes up for, but that damned Anthony Mantha had to go and kick it, kickstart it with a four goals in one game. I love seeing the young talent continue to improve and produce, but the imminent feeling of anxiety that washes over me when the third period starts is ungodly. Sadness aside, and assuming Erickson clears waivers, he did, how much ice time do you think he'll accumulate and who would be his pair in Grand Rapids? Disclaimer, Erickson, good person, not ideal hockey player. I think he'll probably get team average, so let's say 18-ish. I'll say his pairing will, knowing this organization, cider. The lefty-righty big defenseman learning from each other. Oh, uh, love what you do and always excited to hear you guys each week. Thanks for all the hard work. This comment is, pr- comment is pr- proudly sponsored by Stay Fresh Cheese Bags. Go grab your Stay Fresh Cheese Bag at the start of each third period so you can have a happy and healthy anxiety. Uh, K-Waz says, wait, does that title mean what I think it does? Uh, I posted this, the title of this episode or Overtime Thread on Patreon was Overtime Thread, Brad's Baby Edition. You got to get creative. We do so many episodes. Close. 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 Uh, it appears to me that this team tends to crumble once they let in a goal. Do I sound nuts? With that, would you call this team soft, or are they just that bad? Ooh. Ten-ply. It is. They are that bad. Softer than a Tootsie Roll fruit cup. I don't think I'd call them soft. They are a very soft hockey team. They have the mental fragility of a toddler. Oh, Beca- are we talking, like, mental fortitude? Then yeah, but I yeah, think it comes with the territory. They There's a reason they can't hold leads. If you're good enough to get the lead, you should be good enough to hold the lead. So if you're not holding the leads, it must be something other than physical skill. What could that be? The lack of skill. It doesn't help, Ryan. Uh, I hate calling my own team soft just as much as the next dub dub patron. Jeff Chen says, hi, boys. If you need something to cheer you up this season, I highly recommend getting the book, The Pursuit of Perfection, the Nick Lidstrom biography. Great read. It makes you reminisce of better times. Yes, definitely have to dive into that. I currently have two different hockey books I'm reading. So once I put one down, I'll pick that one up. Matt McKay says, hey there, guys. Tuesday night's game was Canuck and Nuts. Thought the top line played well, and it was nice to see some power play goals. I was happy to see Svechnikov play. Thought he looked good. Just wish the refs would have let him fight so we can get ready for his fight with Ovi. I forgot about that. Uh, just want to know what your thoughts were on Erickson being put on waivers. Do you think this is a permanent move, or is it just until he gets his hockey legs back? Love the show, and thanks for all you do. Have a great week, and thanks for making my work week better. Thank you so much, Matt, uh, for everything you do for the show, being a name sponsor. Um, uh, given that Eisenman was actively trying to trade him, I think that says everything. I think Eisenman, once this is the first time Erickson's been healthy, so it's not like he got a look this year. I think Eisenman has known for a while this is where Erickson stands on the depth chart, and now that he's healthy... Obviously, nothing's permanent. Five of those guys ahead of him could go down, and then at that point, yeah, you, of course, would call him up. 
But this is Erickson's spot in the depth chart now, and he's not exactly going to move up it through talent. And so he could get called back up because of injury, but this is essentially his more or less permanent situation, I'd say. I don't think there's really long-term plans. Although, it's really hard to know with this team. They're kind of unpredictable. Define long-term. His contract's up at the end of this year. So if every Red Wings defenseman gets hurt and he comes up, he's still only got six months left. Uh, Darup says, congrats, Brad. Long-time patron, longer-time listener, and first-time commenter. Oh, man, I love seeing that. Like, patrons have been here for a while that haven't commented. So thank you for supporting the show for so long and for listening for so long. Two things first. As someone who broke their jaw in a men's league game, I feel for Brad. That being said, it was from a shot, not tripping over my own stick. It sucks. <laughs> I threw that joke on Twitter, and I deeply regret it because a lot of people took it literally. <laughs> you idiot. Yeah, that's, that's on me. I deserve it. Two, my sister's about to have her first child, and I'm about to become a first-time uncle. What sort of wings, onesies, or other items would be good to get my currently unborn niece or nephew? All of them. Just uh, as many as you can find. I believe Don't forget, our- they grow fast, get different sizes. I believe our store sells... On wingedwheelpodcast.com. If you go to the shop page, we sell winged wheel podcast onesies. We do. We do. Yes. I Why worked. did we not get that sample in, Ryan? We haven't done any samples yet. We are waiting for someone to finish up the store. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Does the potential of Erickson going to Grand Rapids mean that he might be the next Cleary? Can we expect uh, competing hockey schools to now exist in Grand Rapids? And what sort of influence would you expect him to have on the kids down there, especially considering the already logjam blue line in Is Grand Dan Cleary's in... Michigan? Uh, I thought Larkins was in Michigan. Cleary's is like out east. That's Canada. what I thought. Yeah. Uh, no, genuinely, but you 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 hit the nail on the head. I think Erickson's a very smart hockey mind. He's a very smart dude overall. So it's good to have him in a developmental role down there. As for what they're going to do about that logjam, that remains to be seen. Like there's there's a lot going on down there that I, I we actually didn't even touch on a lot today. Um, it was uh, another thing we didn't touch on is its applicator 700th game. Yeah. Well, has it only been 700? feels like longer than that you're supposed to be nice to him now ryan well no it's just he had another good game yesterday did I he thought. I, I, like he's been doing the relatively same, speaking he's been doing the same things this year where i'm like he wasn't doing those before so it's kind of crazy that he's doing them um seth walters tweeted not only has a defensive log jam worsened with erickson and biega and grand rapids biega's up uh but assuming they remain active in grand rapids the griffins are once again faced with the ahl veteran rule only six can dress per game terry pumple elson ford mcelrath Lashoff, erickson and biega and you couple that with the fact that McElrath, Erickson, Lashoff, Sider, Sorry, Yarvi, Hicketts, Lindstrom, Kasky, and Viega are all defensemen. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's a big logjam there they're going to have to figure out. Which one of them is Steve Eisenman going to trade for Josh Hosang? Let the rumors start now. Okay. This is why we didn't claim him on waivers, Ryan. I'm. It's not going to happen. I'm going to put something bad out there. And I don't think this is going to happen, but I heard a whisper. Some people in Germany, in Mannheim, are of the mind that Cider is coming back. That wouldn't happen, though. I it don't might. Believe, I, if he's not getting ice time, I'd rather him go back. I don't know where that... I've been trying to dig into where that rumor came from. It's hard to because I don't speak German. And we have virtually no sources in Germany. So it, it's there's nothing of substance there. But yeah... It kind of makes me scared that that's going to be the case. But again, if Eisman has proven anything, he's not the kind of GM to make a decision that'll hurt the team's development or a player's development just because he doesn't want to make a tough decision to move out an Erickson type. Like, we've literally seen him demonstrate that by waving Erickson. That's such a relief. Like, 
genuinely, that's so good to know that we have that in Eisman. We knew it, but just to see it in practice symbolically means so much. Um, he was our pagan sacrifice. Yes. Uh, living in Chicago and traveling all over the place for work, I love the podcast and can't wait for the Grand Rapids meetup as it would be much easier for me to get to. Stay fresh. Yes, we are very excited for that. I'm also deeply worried because everybody at work found the podcast now. Oh, wow. And you yeah. work at a hockey store. This is going to be bad. Sean, uh, I'm sorry if I'm saying this wrong. Uh, Chavarella or Chiavarella? If I'm saying that wrong, please tell me. Who's a new patron, so thank you for your support. Says, hey guys, found the WWP around draft this year. It took me far longer than I want to admit as a Red Wings fan to find this podcast or any that were Red Wings focused. Anyways, love what you do, so don't shut up and take my money. That means a lot, man. Thank you. Tell your friends. Uh, Now I'm on the trade Athens CU train, though it's not because I hate him or anything. His future on this team is a middle six role, and if all our hopes come together with Valeno, Sedina, uh, and Lafreniere, or Laf first round pick this year he may just end up being one of the fastest third liners in the nhl in two years what am i talking about wait am i talking about athenacy or helm circa 2010 my biggest concern with athenacy is not his lack of offense that will come but his absolute lack of defensive skills for a guy that's top three in offensive zone starts on the team he has one of the worst coursey on the team and has been about minus nine not that that's a reliable stat um thank you for knowing your stuff and qualifying all of that and you make a good point. Uh, he really is the only piece we can move this year. I had a hope for an extra first round pick. Uh, also, I don't want to deal with Darren Ferris's crap this off season. Those are all excellent points. Oh, Darren Ferris. What have you done? He's in a contract year. He's like, if this kind of thing, like we mentioned, if this kind of thing persists into December, the Red Wings might have to explore moving him. Can you imagine what an Edmonton type team would give up for him? What does Edmonton have to give up for him? And Ottawa takes the lead. Are you kidding me? One nothing. I believe it was Sean Tierney. The first swirl Sean, of Sean? the t- Sean, Sean Tierney. <laughs> Wrong one. Yeah, yeah. We first swirl the of the toilet bowl. Charting hockey scored against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, well, on the plus side, Michael Rasmussen set up Chris Terry for a goal in Grand Rapids. And there's our silver lining. Oh, oh. So Shnikov had a really good chance for a first round pick from Edmonton. Do they have one? Did we just talk about that? Yeah, they're at, like, top of the standings. I don't want to pick in the 20s. Do you really think that's going to hold? They just lost to Minnesota. Connor McDavid, man. No, I don't think it's going to hold, but I'm still not trading Athens CU for a first-round pick that isn't guaranteed to be top 15. And even then, man, like, do you know the odds of getting a 30-goal scorer at, like, pick 14 are? Not great. A 14th overall pick could be anything. It could even be Andreas Athens CU. I'll never get sick of that joke. <laughs> You're so tired of it. Joseph Dele- it could even be a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph Delia says, sup, my dudes. I know it's a long ways away, but let's say we draft Lafreniere at Byfield and little, Lil Z, Valeno, and Sider are ready. The Wings aren't going to allow four rookies on the team, right? I don't think Big Brain Blash would allow it. So I won four tickets to the Edmonton Games from the Wings uh, Twitter player of the game. Another reason why the Red Wings are the best. That's awesome. I love that they do that. Can't wait to see the greatest player of this generation light it up. McDavid won't be able to catch Captain Helm. Anyways, will Brad the security guard be working that night? On a serious note, thank you guys for helping me get through my long days at work. Much love. Thank you, Joseph. And enjoy the game. That's really cool that you won. Uh, Speaking of hockey games, uh, I meant to say this earlier, so I completely forgot. To the dude who posted on YouTube, uh, who's the coach of Petrolia, I apologize so much that I'm actually not going to be at the game this Sunday because I'll have a new baby. Oh, having a baby. Grow up, dude. I, I feel bad. I think we do have a game in Petrolia later this year, so I'll have to catch it. If you event. could tell me where that is on a map, I'd give you $10. I think today. it's near Sarnia. Yeah, it is. That doesn't count. 
We used to beat the hell out of them in hockey. That's because they have six people there. Yeah. They actually, the kids used to come up to us and be like, hey, do you have any food in your pockets? <laughs> yes. Yeah, the, little, the little rink rats. They were literally <laughs> rink rats. Yeah. They're like, can you buy me a Gatorade? Oh, buy me a blue Gatorade. They're beating the hell out of that Gatorade machine. <laughs> that reminds me the game we had the last Sunday where I got this. In warm-ups, it was minor hockey day. So, like, I guess the novice kids came out and skated with us for warm-ups. And, like, a couple of the kids follow you around and, like, want to pass you. And they're, like, looking up at you. I'm like, kid, I'm terrible. Please go learn from someone who's good. <laughs> Please See? don't. <laughs> the notion of players learning from players just because they've been there isn't. Yeah, no. There were kids attempting to learn hockey from me. Do you know how poor of a decision that is? Uh... Timothy says, hey, fellas, long time, first time. Uh, well, thank you for supporting the show, brand new patron. Uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Svetch. I enjoyed seeing him play based off the one game at time of writing. I think he can easily slot into the team without being any more disastrous than we currently are. There was one turnover that was particularly disappointing, but I'd like to see him stay with the team right now. P.S. Someone get Ryan a fanny pack to hold all those names he dropped in the line blending episode. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Uh, no, I, I like Svetch's game. I think it was a good start to his time with the team. Again, I think we have to be realistic about him easing into the team and into NHL ice time again when he, it's been so long. And so I'm definitely not going to hold uh, one or two turnovers against him, especially considering you know what his likely what line mates are likely doing. Um, I think he's definitely has the chops. Consider if everything comes together, he definitely has the chops to be a full time NHLer on this roster. It's just if it comes together. We've seen the talent before, so. right? Philip Gasno says, "Starting watching you started watching you guys a little on YouTube, Brad. If I couldn't hear your voice, I would think you haven't gone through puberty yet. Did you? <laughs> did you? Did you use a Stay Fresh cheese bag to preserve your baby face? Maybe switch places with Evan. <laughs> Just kidding. Congrats. We should do Movember. I will not. No, I will here. not scare. I'm the children. doing a mustache. You're I doing don't. a mustache. Oh yeah. I can't do Movember a because I have some self respect and I know what I look like with a mustache. And B, I'll have a new baby and I'm going to be in a lot of pictures forever. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not. Mustaches doing it this year. are are coming back. I can feel it. They're coming back. I'm going to be part of it. Yeah. No. I'm no. Uh, you can. I'm not. Congrats on the kid and kudos to your wife for having to take care of three babies. I have tried uh, so hard to stay off Twitter, but now I might have to make an account just so I have a better chance at your raffles. Not a bad guys. Remember, all patrons automatically get entered into any uh, open to all contests. We got to do that giveaway still, don't we? Yes, I will do. I will run the jersey giveaway and tweet it out tonight or tomorrow morning. So after this episode is posted, stay tuned. If you don't follow us on Twitter at winged wheel pod, there's pop ups all over the YouTube video. Uh, and if you go to the bio, winged, uh, the, our Twitter account has us. So follow only us follow as well. me. <laughs> <laughs> only follow me. I, uh, uh, what has this world come to? I feel like that old coupon lady. I'm only 24. Oh man, it only gets worse. Joseph Fournier says, "Hey fellows, woof, just woof." Anyways, one final thought on Erickson. If you haven't brought it up already, the team put him on regular waivers, not unconditional, which means the plan is not to buy him out. This is a conditioning stint to see if he still has anything left in the tank while yielding his roster spot in Detroit to a better option. Nailed it. Uh, People on Twitter are calling for him to retire or refuse to report to Grand Rapids. Why in the hell would he do that? He's still making whatever is left of his $4.25 million salary minus the $1.05 million waiver deduction. Why in the hell would he give that up? Jonathan Erickson, the player, may not have much left in the tank, but Jonathan Erickson, the person, is a strong character guy often described as one of the nicest players in the locker room and Mensa level intelligent. That's what has prolonged his career for so long past the prime. So my hat's off to the most successful Mr. Irrelevant of all time. Yeah, I said it. He'll be a great influence in Grand Rapids yeah. and maybe find himself alongside Cronwell again next year in a new role. I'll gladly take him in that capacity. Cheers, Big E. 
I think Patrick Hornquist yeah, has that say. one locked up. Uh, seeing as how Blash refuses to reunite the Athanasiu Nielsen Hirose line of late success last year, we're back for another round of the Athanasiu game one for one trade right now. Yes or no? Philip Cheadle. I don't know if I'm saying Philip Heedle? Heedle? Heedle. I'm not joking. Is there even an H in that name? That's like uh, uh, Oliver Shellington. Yeah. Uh, I, that name pisses me off. Uh, Philip Heedle. No. 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 I don't even know who that is. Victor Soderstrom. I'd consider it, but I tend to lean no at this moment. Barrett Hayton? Yes, 100%. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you got to go for the center. Ivan Provorov, I say yes. Oh, yes. My, God, oh yes. my God, yes. Neil Pionk, hard no. Definitely no. He's on my fantasy team, so I'll say yes. <laughs> Adam Bokvist, yeah. yeah. Hard yes. What? These are softballs. Jack Campbell, no. No. Mm, the goalie, right? Yeah. yeah. He's 28 Oh, uh, then no. <laughs> Thomas Harley. You, the, oh, that one's actually the tough one. I'll go I, no, I'm gonna hair. Yeah, I'm going to say no, but that's one I could feel like regretting. Ethan, uh, yeah, no, go I'll ahead. Say no. Ethan Bear. No. Who is that? Edmonton, he's actually doing all right oh, this year. Oh, that guy, yeah, no. Philip Broberg. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think you go for a top 10 pick. Kyler Yamamoto. No. No. Oh, man. Eric Bransom, hard yes. Definitely, oh, yeah. Jeez. Maxime Lajoie. Lajoie? Lajoie. 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 <laughs> You're just putting letters in there now. Lajoie. Now there's six X. Anyway, Maxime Lajoie. No, hard no. No. Martin Kaut. No. No. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Thank you for that. No. Always fun game. Joseph. All right. Uh, shorter episode. Uh, Sunday, it'll be probably just Evan and I, but who knows? Yeah, you maybe, never know. Maybe we'll have the baby on. Uh, if, if everything goes real quick, I might be like home and settled in by that time. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'd be the most Brad thing in the world. Yeah, just gonna pet. Sorry, I'll be right back, uh, newborn baby. Uh, gotta do a podcast right now. <laughs> I've only been alive for like three minutes. We'll show the baby on YouTube. Yep. Yeah, I'll just sit here the whole time. Yeah, just feeding them. Uh, thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to all of our patrons, our name level sponsors: Sky Carcass, Luke Johnson, Arjun Shanker, Clayton Van Dyken, Mike Reed, Langabeer, Matthew M. Rice, Ryan Lewis, Sean Levine, Matt McKay, Hannah Lee, Kalen Wood, Jacob Turner, Charlie Elkins, John Evans, Antonio Lupu, Ian Bush, Rob Thiel, Craig Kibble, Stan Olson. Ryan Lewis, Mike DiLoretto. Holy and, jumping. And Simon Anderson. You guys make the show happen. Thank you. And when you talk to us next, the dub dub will have gotten a little bit bigger. Probably. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.